A Studio D production. A Studio D production. A stu- stu- Studio D production. Yes. She did nail it. The Craft Witch. You've got the grunge look no. down pretty I'm good. I'm imagining <laughs> channeling my 90s grunge fantasy. I've pretty much only been listening to the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> or no, the Beastie Boys. <laughs> only been listening to the Beastie Boys. Dip. I was like, I mean, I was 90s, like, that doesn't yes, sound right. <laughs> yeah, everyone's no, favorite I've grunge band. <laughs> the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> everyone's favorite grunge band. <laughs> Oh, good one, Derek. Everybody, um, yeah. <laughs> um, I just keep imagining a parody ever since you said The Craft Witch. Sit down, I want to tell you a story. A really weird and messed up story. With murdering ghosts and gobbly ghouls. It's all really fucked up, so don't you be fooled. It's effed up family story time. Hello, everyone. Welcome to EFTA Family Storytime. I'm Salem, and with us today, we have Belle. Hey! And Jess. Hello! And a special guest, Derek. Hello! Yeah! <laughs> yeah. I feel like you did that just because you felt like you had to be as silly as we are. <laughs> so you might notice that we're down a couple of people today. We've had some an interesting week. Indeed. Indeed. Kelly was uh, scheduled to be gone because we were going to have Derek on. She's out of town. But Hannah is gone because she uh, might possibly have been exposed to COVID. So she's quarantining, being responsible, even though she feels fine. She hasn't developed any symptoms. But uh, so she's decided to stay home. And then uh, Jess filled in for her, but she's also not 100% on her game. Yeah, we'll go into that in a minute if you want to tell the story yeah, sure. of your of our fun day yesterday. Yeah. So uh, we've got Derek here. It's our twenty seventh episode. Nice, nice. It's been snowing, uh, snowing on our wildfires. So that's good. Yes. Yeah, kind of a wintry day here. Should we introduce Derek some? Derek? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, uh, we're sitting in my bedroom. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> what what used to be. Yeah. Inside into the name, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Studio D, Derek's Studio bedroom. D. Yeah. So forever ago when we were young, I had all these stickers and such on the outside of my door and it still says Derek Bannister when we walk in. So <laughs> it does. I'm glad that. It does. That might be gone sometime <laughs> in the future just because we will have to paint soon. And if we paint, we'll take it all down. But yeah. I don't plan on taking it down until then. <laughs> so Derek is my stepson, um, my son, I like to say, and um, Belle's brother. Yeah. Yeah, Hannah's brother. Mm-hmm. So My um, nephew. Jesse's nephew. So that's how he fits into this effed up family. Yeah. <laughs> We're really excited to have him here. He's been wanting to tell a story for a long time. Yeah. So... Yeah. Anything you want to say to introduce yourself? Well, um, I'm 23. Yay! (laughs) You like long walks on the beach. I like long walks on the beach. (laughs) That's what it sounded like. (laughs) Like, that's how you started was like your dating profile. Yeah, like one of those 80s video VHS reels that you get. (laughs) I like pina coladas. Right. No. Getting caught in the rain. rain. I am not into yoga. But I am into champagne. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm not too flexible. No, I am. <laughs> no, but I've been, I've, uh, I was in school briefly for criminal justice. I took forensic psychology as a class. And during that, one of my finals was assigned for female killers and who is going to be the topic of my story. But basically, ever since this podcast came out, it's just, I've been a pretty avid listener as well. And I, I enjoy stuff like this. And plus, it's nice coming from, this family setting too because it's it's already comfortable talking with you guys and everything so yeah not too much pressure yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well good we're really happy to have you here yeah. we're excited thank you what's the story you're telling oh uh, <laughs> i i thought of this title at three in the morning oh, yeah? during one of my shifts so jody arias and the terrible no-good act of putting 28 new holes into now ex-boyfriend Travis Alexander. That's a very good title. 
<laughs> I like it. So Jody Arias, all right. Yeah. Is he the first one to actually title his story? Because I don't think any of us have done that. No? Hannah did the last one. What was it? Um... I like that you came up with a title, Derek. Now I feel like I have to for my next yeah, one. I'm, I'm not sure trying to one-up you guys. Bar. No, I am. Setting the standard. <laughs> the devil made me do it. Oh, that's right. She did name it. That's yeah. a lot trial more of ominous. Anne Cheyenne. But that's Cheyenne the name Johnson. of the case. She stole that title. Oh, okay. Because oh. it's known as the devil made me so do it case. So it wasn't case. an original title. <laughs> so before we get into the story, um, do you want to tell... Do you want to talk oh. about why you might be a little uh, spacey today? Why I might not make much sense? <laughs> um, so yesterday we had an amazing day. I don't know if you guys have ever heard, you know, all three of you who listen, if you've ever heard <laughs> of this company called Clued Up. Um, but they're a company that goes all over the world and they set up these like city-wide kind of not really scavenger hunt, not really escape room, but it's kind of a combination where you have to solve a mystery and you have to walk around and find virtual witnesses and get clues. And so we were doing that yesterday and it was awesome and we had so much fun. We were all dressed up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Dressed like we were witches in hose. <laughs> <laughs> witches in hose. And uh, we were all done. We were going to go get some food and maybe a drink. And my clumsy ass tripped and fell and broke my elbow. Yay! 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 So I'm on pain meds and get to go to an orthopedic surgeon this week to just get evaluated and see what my treatment will need to be. Um, and so if you hear random groans escaping that maybe Salem can't edit out because <laughs> other people are talking, that's me trying to find a comfortable position to put my arm in, probably. Oh, it's right before Halloween. It's the ghost that lives Oh, sorry. It's, sorry, it's yeah. the ghost. It's, I, I was wrong. It's the ghost. The ghost of Jesse's elbow. I'll try, <laughs> I'll try to make my groans ghost like. <laughs> yeah, you do that. You work on that. <laughs> So yeah, so I'm a little out of it, but ready to have fun listening to Derek's story. Yeah, so it just seems like 2020 keeps throwing punches. <laughs> yeah, so it was funny yesterday. I did my tarot card reading in the morning. Got a lot going on in my life, and one of the cards basically was like, "Hope oh, you're gonna hit rock bottom." I didn't know that that meant the asphalt. Yeah, you <laughs> so... literally hit rock <laughs> bottom. Like so, I mean. Tarot cards are real, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> well, we hope you feel better soon, Jess. At Thanks. least I hope the pain meds are good. They are. They're good. good. <laughs> so, all right, Derek, you ready to take it away? Yeah. Well, uh, today we are going to be discussing the fragility of relationships and how knives can introduce a newfound spunk into an otherwise failing commitment. Our story centers around wait, the wait, titular. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you can't just say that sentence and not pause for laughter, Derek. Yeah, yeah. No, that was really great. I yeah. like it. It how ni- what knives can introduce a new dynamic. Is that what you said? Into a newfound spunk into an otherwise failing commitment. <laughs> it does. I, I can like see it. That. I don't recommend it, no. but I could see that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, our story centers around the titular Jody Ann Arias and Travis Victor Alexander and how they spiced up the beth- bathroom of his house in Mesa, Arizona. Travis Victor Alexander, our victim, was uh, born on July 28th of 1977 in Riverside, California to Gary David and Pamela Elizabeth Morgan. At the age of 11, Travis moved in with his paternal grandparents After his father's death in July 1997, his seven siblings were also taken in by their grandmother. Alexander was a salesman. That's a lot of kids. I don't even want one. (laughs) Eight kids. (laughs) I can't imagine our grandparents now on either side of the family taking in eight kids simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah. Being older, being a grandparent Mm -hmm. and doing it too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) God, thank God you guys didn't do that shit to me. Yeah, Evie, don't go having eight kids. Yeah. I mean, you handled us well enough. I don't know if I'd say well, but I handled you. you handled us well. (laughs) Yeah. We're all functioning. I handled you and you're all adults. You survived. Yeah, we are all certainly adults. (laughs) You survived. Inevitable, though. (laughs) On 
paper. Whether you're prepared or not. You're adults on paper. Let's That's just. Do I want to be an adult in life, though? No, like, nobody does. Yeah. I was just. I'm teasing. trying to live, but I'm also she trying to vibe. Teasing. I know, and I'm just trying to vibe. <laughs> We're just vibing. Just vibing. Okay. <laughs> vibe back into that story, Derek. <laughs> That was horrible. <laughs> Vibe back into that story, Derek. Uh, Alexander was a salesman and a motivational speaker for a company called Prepaid Legal Services, which this will be important later on, I promise. Okay. Jody was born on July 9th, 1980, to William and Sandra Arias in Salinas, California. And according to her mother, Jody lived a fairly normal early childhood until she began acting out. In her teens. Oh, so a typical teenage girl, right? Terribly (laughs) unlike normal teenagers. Yeah. Leading. (laughs) That makes me an abnormal teenager. You acted out. It's fine. It was so much so it led her mother to believe she had mental problems and could have been bipolar, although that was never confirmed. She (laughs) She never went and got diagnosed. No. (laughs) Just terrible mom. I think you're sick, but I'm not going to do anything about it. You'll be fine. You might have COVID. Just. Take some vitamin C, right? Yeah. Parents make mistakes. Anyway. Yeah, parents do make mistakes. So let's not let's not make wild speculation and judge the mom that's too harshly. Why I don't but that's what be we do parent. on this podcast. Well, that's true. Yeah, this is hashtag fuck Sandra Arias. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right then, let's go. <laughs> um, or she quickly lost trust from her parents after having been caught growing marijuana out of Tupperware containers and dropping out of high school soon after. Good for her, man. She... <laughs> I wish I had the guts to try to grow marijuana out of Tupperware. You would have just stolen it from me and tried to keep growing it on your own. <laughs> it probably wasn't even really weed. She probably just thought it was. It was just straight oregano. Yeah. <laughs> she had an herb garden in her right, room. my marjoram. <laughs> it's time. Um, once, uh, once she grew up and left home, she began to dabble in photography, aspiring to become a professional as well as trying to become a successful saleswoman. She uh, became the beautiful blonde with a carefree personality, but also became known as somebody who would date several men and would form intense att- attachments very quickly, often chameleoning herself to their religion specifically. Oh, interesting. Arius was in a four-year-long relationship, and I, I tried... All I could to find out who it was with, but everything had no name to this four-year-old. He probably was like, "Don't associate me with her <laughs> ever." Yeah. yeah, I don't consent to being out there. Like, <laughs> so uh, I, I apologize for not doing due diligence and research, but we're just gonna call him John. <laughs> okay, like John Doe. Yeah, uh, he was. A, uh, she was in a four-year relationship with John Doe before eventually going to a Las Vegas work convention in September of two thousand and six. And first encountering the future corpse, Travis. Are we all future corpses? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. The soon, like, sooner than later to be. I can't think of the words I want. The very soon future corpse. The near future corpse. Near future corpse. <laughs> <laughs> took you a while to get there. Shut up! <laughs> um, Arius was there looking for opportunities with a network marketing company called Prepaid Legal Services. Um, the same company that... Alexander worked for, and he was a motivational speaker for as well, and he was standing up at that convention. Uh, The two hit it off, with Alexander even inviting Arias to the company's formal executive dinner as his guest. He was even quoted saying to his good friend, Sky Hughes, she's beautiful, she's friendly, has long blonde hair, cute figure, she was very sweet. Uh, After the dinner, Alexander and Arias talked with each other until about four in the morning, and just a few days after meeting Jody, the two became sexually involved despite that being a direct violation of his Mormon beliefs of sexual contact before marriage. She must have been pretty enticing then. Yeah. <laughs> She's kind of like that creepy hot, I would say. <laughs> like, I like, get that. Too hot to be real? No, like uh, you look at her and she's like... You can tell that she was going to stab this dude just by looking at her. You can tell she was off. There's yeah. something weird about her. Yeah. But, like, there's but that she's whole... still hot. There's, yeah. Well, yeah. there's that whole crazy hot, like, that a lot of people yeah. are into. Yeah. Yeah. Just ask my dad and every single one of my uncles. <laughs> yep. You can... Yep. <laughs> After the convention... Once Alexander and Arias began seeing more of each other, she ended her relationship with John Doe and continued on with Travis. 
They traveled to popular tourist sites all throughout the Southwest, with areas documenting most of their travels online, thanks to her uh, interest in photography. But what's nice about this case is that there's a lot of pictures that you can uncover, mm-hmm. but it's almost like a lot of it's basically porn. No, so, really? <laughs> like the, of them and yeah, their sexual relationship. It's Ugh. there's a lot of like uh, what's it called like boudoir photos and uh, stuff like that. Okay, okay. The two, despite living in different states, frequently met up at Hughes's house, uh, his friend in Marietta, California, to engage in their sexual acts. Within two months of their relationship, Jody actually converted to Mormonism, even having Travis baptize her. Which I thought was weird. That is weird. He did it, not the church. It was him that did it. So they're going against his religious beliefs, but instead of him, like, leaving that religion, she Or him stopping doing the things that he, like, I mean, all he has to do is stop having sex with her, and he wouldn't be violating But instead, she converts. That's weird. Yeah. Um, early on, Alexander's friends began noticing odd behavior from Arius, particularly her infatuation with their friend. Uh, they described one night, they're all in a hot tub, there's four of them, and they're just kind of hanging out and chatting. And Jody is climbing on Travis while they're trying to have a conversation just all over him, straddling his lap, sucking on his neck. Uh, they described it like eighth graders whose parents were out of town. <laughs> But Travis wasn't having any of it, so he was just, he kept pushing her off and is asking her to get off of him. Like, what are you doing? There's there's friends here, and mm-hmm. she's like, does she not realize that everybody's sitting there? This is around the time everyone started to become very suspect of her. Yeah, that um, that is odd behavior. That's just inappropriate. Yeah, because yeah. they're how old are they? They're in their twenties. Uh, this was she was about mid twenties. Yeah. Yeah. That's like Belle's age, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, or even a few years younger. You know better than to be climbing all over Kyle at a I mean, party with mixed company and there's shit. There's been one time, one time Kyle got really drunk <laughs> at X-Bar and Kev, I had to be like, no, Kyle, we're public. But like, he was like super intoxicated. Yeah. And like, once I was like, no, Kyle, we're in public. He was like, oh yeah, we're in public. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. People, people started to get increasingly suspect of her. Uh, she didn't appreciate when he was talking to any females and didn't like it if there was obvious if it was obvious that people knew that she was in a relationship with Travis. She wanted to make it very abundantly clear. Um, as his friends got to know her better, they said they grew increasingly unsettled. Hughes said that Arius would follow Travis to the bathroom and stand outside the door or eavesdrop on his conversations. That's creepy. Yeah, yeah that's weird. <laughs> yeah. How good is this lady in the sack to put up with that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, she would go through Alexander's cell phone on multiple occasions, as well as his emails and all of his social media accounts. Uh, she would go as far as to even forward the emails between Alexander and other women to herself. That's so stupid. <laughs> Just because, like, A, if you can't trust him, what are you doing? B, when you're snooping, you're always going to find shit that you don't want to find. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. You just got to protect yourself in that moment. Like, <laughs> I just like the mental picture of, uh, hey, that meeting's at three. She's she just like, it that herself. bitch? <laughs> like... Meeting him at three? <laughs> Hughes said that he approached Travis one day with their concerns, and they said to him they thought Arius was dangerous. Alexander, of course, rebuffed their concerns, telling him that he thought Arius was good and sweet, and he really liked her, and actually claimed that that was probably the lady he was going to marry. During the talk, mm. however, uh, Hughes got a bad feeling and, cl- and exclaimed all of a sudden that he got this cold feeling over me and just felt that she was outside the door of the room that they were speaking in. So he, like, turns to Travis and mouths to him and points to the door and it's like, I think she's out there. And he didn't. Travis didn't believe him at first, but when he opened the door, she's just standing there. And I guess they all described her face as just, like, pure evil and, like, hatred. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> the fact that he could feel I know. her energy <laughs> is, like, creepy, period. Yeah. To have yeah. that much of a presence oh, yeah. to be felt through the door, like, that's horrifying. <laughs> Very creepy. Yeah. I want that power. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> there, there was a rage in her eyes. Everyone was very frightened at that point. 
they were afraid that she was going to burn down the house due to different threats that she made. I am absolutely positive that customers have seen that exact look in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I'm not. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> I'm not going to give you that double pump. As, <laughs> as I'm like, yes, I can remake your latte for the fourth time. <laughs> uh, after five months together, Alexander eventually broke up with Arius after all these concerns began to mount. Uh, weeks later, she moved to Mesa herself and began just showing up to his house randomly unannounced and letting herself in through the garage door because she knew the code. Travis told friends that she'd even snuck into his house one time through the doggy door. Oh, my God. How little was she or how big was the doggy door? Like, Yeah, I haven't been able to fit through any doggy door since I was, like, Evie's age. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> we fit Brian through a doggy door once. Yeah, but really? he's, like... Yeah. But Brian he's is, like, like six inches size. across. I know. Yeah. He's, like, like he's tall, one. but he's, like... Yeah, he's frail. 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 <laughs> Uh, sometimes Travis would be angry at her approaching, and other times, because she was his kryptonite, they would just jump into bed right afterwards. And, yeah, uh, mad. Uh, these, so he was egging her on, in a sense. They like, were encouraging each other's yeah. toxicity. Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. Um, these sporadic meetings continued on for a few weeks until Alexander began dating a different woman named Lisa. And once Arius found out, naturally, she was sent into a jealous rage. And so much so, she would try scaring Lisa by banging on her door and windows of her house, her car, Travis's house and room, anything that could be loud and frightening and resonant, before just running away, just starting out. <laughs> what a nut job. <laughs> when I, think that's when I get jealous, I'll, like, Facebook stalk a girl, like, years into her timeline, right? <laughs> When she but I've seven, never did. thought about like physically going out. Yeah, like that takes a level. Finding like I house. will get like three years into some girl on Facebook. I don't do it anymore because I don't have anything to be jealous about. I would be scared <laughs> off if I was Lisa. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, so. I'd be like, sorry, dude, I'm not uh, gonna date you're you. You're not that good. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Alexander's friends said his tires were even slashed on two separate occasions while he was dating Lisa. And that he and his friends believed Arius were, was the one behind it, which, of course, but... Yeah. <laughs> when Alexander confronted her with his suspicions, she would naturally deny it. And eventually, after tiring of these antics, uh, by April 2008, after living in Mesa for about eight months, Arius finally returned to her family in California. Wow, so she spent eight months there stalking this guy. Yeah. Jesus. Eight months are living... After they had broken up. Yeah. She didn't move there until after he broke up with her. Yeah. Uh, everybody was excited. Travis was getting his life back is what he felt. This was a whole new start. She's finally gone. And despite these changes, unbeknownst to his friends, Arius and, Arius and Alexander again started communicating via phone and text and engaging in phone sex. But in May 2008, although the reasons were unclear... The text eventually started to reveal a more darker tone, and the two started to get into more fights. Eventually, in the midst of a huge fight, Alexander wrote, You don't know what horror you have caused me. There wasn't really any context to that, so I was assuming they, they either met up or talked prior, but yeah. uh, she apologized. It wasn't really my intention to harm you, and he would later call her a sociopath in the lowest of the low. But this is where Travis and Lisa broke up, so this okay. is probably the assumption yeah. of what the fight was caused about. I mean, honestly. Like, yeah. he can't be like, this is all your fault! <laughs> yeah. Because he... He was in... He was still... Contributed. Yeah. <laughs> like, it takes two people to consent to that, especially over the phone. Like, he can't be like, she phone raped me! <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Or in early June of 2008... Alexander had plans to attend a company retreat in Cancun, Mexico, with a different Mormon woman he was pursuing at the time named Mimi. The Hughes had already gone to Cancun and were trying to plan activities for when the two arrived, and eventually they lost contact with Travis. Mm -hmm. They were uh, calling and texting him multiple times, like, do you want to do this, or what kind of fun stuff can we get into, and he just wasn't responding, which was pretty unusual to him. Mm-hmm. Um, when Alexander missed a pretty important conference call with the company that he was with, his friend began to get worried, left him a voicemail, literally saying, Travis, you better be dead. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh. 
And uh, but he feels like shit now. <laughs> That's the last thing you said. Yeah. Well, and everybody I mean, knows it too. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's like it's but just Travis a thing that never we saw say. it. So well, yeah. yeah. That's true. You never saw it. And by June 9th of 2008, it had started to become more so worrisome as it was five days since his friends had heard from him. Mimi, who hadn't left for the trip yet, and two others headed to the Travis Alexander's home. A friend gave them the garage code to get them into the house where they found one of his roommates named Zach and asked him, have you seen or heard from him? He says, no, he was supposed to be in Mexico and has been. And, like, good roommate, not going into his room, so... Right. <laughs> yeah, he didn't oblivious. think he was there. Yeah. And Mimi says, he's not in Mexico, I was supposed to go with him, and he never showed up. They open up the door to Alexander's room, finding a puddle of blood on the carpet, mm. and they continued down the hallway to the bathroom where he discovered Alexander's body in the shower. I do want to say, yes, he's a good roommate for not snooping and stuff. But if I had a roommate and I found out that they had left me dead for five days without finding my body, I would haunt that bitch for the rest of their miserable life. You would think it would start but to smell. Like, I mean, it'd be one thing if you didn't show up, like, but that roommate thought he was in Mexico. So why yeah, would he go looking for know. him? Why would he go looking good for point. him? Yeah. No reason for him to it's look just in there like for him. If Kyle thought you went to Mexico with friends and nobody called him to tell him that you didn't make it, he's not going to be looking for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. They they had to walk down a hallway in his bedroom to get down to, to, get a, to bathroom. a bathroom. So it, I imagine it was pretty large. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense. I still would think it would start to smell, but maybe not. Um, and then the friends dialed 911. And I think I'm going to leave that for our break. Oh, all right. Where we can turn that. The death of Travis, Travis Al- Alexander. Is that, Alexander. Is that his name? Travis Alexander. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he's <laughs> got two first names. The death of Travis Alexander. You doing all right, Jess? Yeah. You pulled all your stuffing out. All right, we should probably let Hannah go. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, Hannah. We miss you, Hannah. We miss you. I miss you. I'm sad I couldn't be there. Me too. Me too. Just know I'm stealing your spot. <laughs> you better come back. Oh right. <laughs> or it's going to be gone. I bet you're extra sad you couldn't go yesterday because you missed me falling. We spent I... three and a half hours at the ER. Yeah. Well, no, that's if true, I was yeah. there, I could have caught you in time. <laughs> I would have saved you, babe. <laughs> You're so sweet, Hannah. Well, I love you, Hannah. I love you. You're all right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Solid six. <laughs> all right. <laughs> love you, Hannah. Love you, Hannah. Bye. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Well, all right. So, uh, we left off with the neighbors discovering the body. Yeah. The neighbors or his roommates? Or, sorry, the roommates, yeah. Oh, okay. Duh. All right. Well, on June 4th, 2008, Jody Arias was on a road trip to meet another man in love interest, but instead decided to take a detour to meet up with Travis. On the same day, the ex-couple had sex in a shower, illustrated by several racy photos recovered from Arias's camera after the murder. And this was basically so, porn. I'm sorry. Can we... Go back after break, and can you refresh my memory of... So June 8th, was that the dates that Travis was supposed to go to Mexico? So oh, Yeah, so uh, June 9th was when they discovered the body. Okay, and on June 8th... Or on June 4th of 08, Arius was on the road Okay, trip. sorry. I, we Our break was long enough. I couldn't remember what day it was they found him. Okay. So June oh, no, 9th okay. he was supposed was when the body was found. And mm-hmm. June 4th was when Arius met up with him. And, and that's Prior. when he was supposed to be in Mexico with Mia. Mimi. 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 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. No, just... that's okay. Um, the digital camera was found in the house's washing machine after a cycle had been run in an attempt to destroy the footage. Hmm. The photos were retrieved anyways and contained nude portraits of both Travis and Jody. Pictures of Travis while he was in the shower, like her just documenting him showering. Taking a shower. There are definitely okay. easier ways to dispose of the camera. <laughs> Especially in 2008. That. Like if the camera's got a memory card, just smash the memory card. Mm-hmm. Just smash the camera. Yeah. Um, 
as well as pictures of a dead body lying in a bloody heap. That was on the camera? Yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> the uh, timestamps recovered show that a now infamous photo of Travis's last moment alive, which is basically just like, it looks like a glamour shot almost because he's I've photogenic. Yeah. yeah. Um, was taken at 5.29 p.m. in 20 seconds. And the very first photo of his dead body at 5.30 p.m. in 30 seconds. Resulting in the conclusion that in one minute and ten seconds, Arius inflicted nine stab wounds in his upper back, another in his chest that was so deep it punctured a vein going to his heart. For the geeks, it was a superior vena cava near the cardiac base. Two more to the scalp that Uh. uh, chipped away bone. Jeez. And then she gets the camera out and takes a photo, all in 70 seconds. (laughs) Wow, that was like a frenzy. And then yeah. stabs him an additional 20 times afterwards. Jesus. Along with the approximate 30 stabs, Arius shot Alexander once in the head. There was no blood near the entry wound, so the shot came much after his death. And then proceeded to slit his throat so deeply she almost severed the head. Jeez. So <laughs> she was mad. She was, like, really <laughs> mad at him is what that's saying right there. <laughs> she had a complete break with Mm-hmm. Any sort of, I can't think of words. You guys know what I'm trying to say. You listen to our podcast. She was so pissed off. She just wanted to destroy him. Is yeah. what but I see after she got hers first. Like. Well, and that's weird. And what I don't understand, she took a picture of him after she killed him, but then she destroyed all of the pictures or tried to. So it's not like she was, was she taking them for trophies and then changed her mind and decided she shouldn't keep it? She probably had a... I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he tried to call it off for good. And that's like right after she took that picture of him, she had a complete psychotic break and which included a break with reality and taking those pictures. And then after it was all done, had a moment of reality come back. And that's why she tried to destroy. Could be the pictures. Yeah, It's that post nut clarity. Like, yeah. like she was yeah. completely, I, I, if for her to take those pictures, but then try to destroy it, I don't think the pictures were necessarily a trophy. Like she just had a complete break. And then when she yeah. was back from that break from reality, she went, oh shit. Yeah, that could be. It's just weird. The whole thing is weird for her. She has sex with him beforehand, Mm -hmm. which I can kind of see that as luring him in, getting him comfortable. Maybe it was like a whole plan for her. Did she plan to kill him? Or was it like you said, he tried to break up with her and she just totally snapped? It's just weird. Maybe she tried to get him to take her to Mexico with him and he wouldn't. Or, you know, yeah, who knows? That's true. Because yeah. he was getting ready to leave for Mexico. I mean, like, this absolutely seems like somebody that would flip at the yeah. smallest of things. Like yeah. being told no to her didn't exactly feel, seem to yeah. yeah. I feel like something happened that caused her to snap. Mm-hmm. He d- did or said something. Mm-hmm. We'll never know what that is. Well, I don't know. I feel like she was nutty enough. She stalked him eight months after he broke up with her, moved towns, moved cities and shit. She could be somebody who planned. I mean, she could be crazy enough to have planned the whole thing from the very beginning. But if she was on a road trip to meet some other guy and then just changed her mind and went and met up with him is what the story says, though. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? She could have planned it. It could all be a load of crap. He's not done with the story yet either. So who knows? <laughs> there may be more information. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> no, I like our wild speculation. That's what we do. That's a podcast. Um, on July 9th of 2008, Arius was indicted by a grand jury in Maricopa County, Arizona, for the first degree murder of Alexander. She was arrested at her home and extradited to Arizona on September 5th. She pleaded not guilty on September 11th, and during this time, she gave several different accounts about her involvement in his death. She originally told police that she had not been in Mesa on the day of the murder and had last seen Alexander in March of that same year. Uh, Arias also later told police that two intruders then broke into Alexander's home, murdering him and attacking her. And then two years after the arrest, Arias told police that she killed Alexander in self-defense, claiming that she had been a victim of domestic violence. So right off the bat, we get three different stories. Mm -hmm. Uh, During the trial, Arius was seen and tested by a few different psychologists, the first of which being a Richard Samuels, who testified for the defense for six days. He said Arius was likely suffering from acute stress at the time of the murder, sending her body into fight or flight in order to defend herself from a potential attack from him. 
Uh, Samuels would also diagnose her with PTSD from the encounter. Uh, However, prosecutor Juan Martinez questioned the psychologist's credibility as it was discovered that he was deeply compassionate and sympathized for her, which Mm. (laughs) kind of muddied up that claim. Yeah, It takes it from being a clinical diagnosis to personal. Right, which if you have a relationship with a therapist, yeah, you want to have that compassion, but if he's diagnosing you for... Mm-hmm. I want to know what the what the psychiatrist for the defense made of the photos, though. So he's saying she was in fight or flight mode, right? Afraid for take... her life. So what's with the picture? Then more afraid for her life and stabs him while he's dead because he's going to hurt her while he's dead. And then takes another picture. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, if I was going to yeah. be a psychiatrist for the defense, I would go for some other sort of mental disability to get like an insanity plea rather than a self-defense kind of also, self-defense warranted stab wounds in the back. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, and did she have any injuries at all? Right. Um, I mean, usually in self-defense, you are injured in the process of defending yourself. At, at unless least, you're shooting somebody from a distance right. that's coming at you. Like, if you've got a knife that you're defending yourself with, you're most likely, at the very least, going to have defensive wounds on your forearms. And why did she shoot him after he was dead and stab him twice? 20 more times after he was dead and sliced his throat to the point where she almost severed his head. I mean, that right there shows a passion and an anger. And like I said, like she wanted to destroy him, not just kill him because she killed him. That's not fight or flight mode. No, that's I hate you. I despise you. I'm so angry with you. You know, that's That's different. What I have to say is that's a shitty psychiatrist for the defense to use like what the fuck is that defense attorney doing (laughs) and as far as the ptsd goes i think that probably anybody that kills somebody also has ptsd i mean that's a pretty blanket stance traumatic (laughs) right stress but that has nothing disorder has nothing to do with the actual event itself no and i think that he's saying that she had ptsd because of the event and I'm like, well, yeah, she killed somebody. I would. That's kind of <laughs> traumatic and stressful. Unless you're a serial killer, or she had been premeditating this then. for then. It could. And yeah, even that's then, true. I think that you would have yeah. some psychological effects from it, whether you enjoyed it or not. It's still traumatic and it's yeah. stressful. Even just the stress of getting caught. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's my anyway. my non psychological <laughs> opinion. In my I can't opinion, even say psychological. yeah. My opinion is that psychiatrist is whack. Yeah. So whack. The, well, the court sided with you. Uh, they would, <laughs> they would bring in two additional psychologists afterwards, but both claiming entirely different diagnoses. <laughs> One had hinted to possibly not so much acute stress, but symptoms hinting at domestic violence. However, a third psychologist named Janine, I think it's DeMart, DeMarty, mm-hmm. stated that she found no evidence of domestic violence, no evidence of abuse in any form. No evidence of PTSD or amnesia in areas. (laughs) Furthermore, her claims during the trial of total memory loss for long stretches of time were inconsistent with traumatic amnesia associated with PTSD, which manifests as much shorter gaps in memory instead. Instead, the new psychologist said Arias suffered from borderline personality disorder showing signs of immaturity and an unstable sense of identity. After somebody breaks up with you and you move to the town that they're in and stalk them and do the things that she was doing, that right there shows she already has some sort of... And also still being mm-hmm. encouraged at that point, too, but not well, being together. Like, she she clearly had some sort of psychological issue, whatever that was, that kept her from seeing how he was leading her on. And she, I think, and my, based on her behavior, was interpreting him leading her on as meaning something more than what it actually meant to him, I think. I agree. I mean, I think that she was egged on. But I think there's also an aspect of, like, how much was he initiating the contact? Or was he just a guy who had a girl that was willing to give him what he wanted? And it's hard to say. Sometimes it's hard for guys, and for women, too. But for guys especially, to say no to something, even though they know it's the wrong thing to do, they know that they're egging somebody on, they know they're creating a toxic situation. But... At that point, you're not thinking clearly. Mm -hmm. So if she's, and this is my wild speculation, but if she's still initiating this contact with him, she's still clearly showing that whether he is egging her on or not, that she is not 
in reality. Right. You know? Yeah. So that's my opinion. Um, in addition to uh, DeMart, the final defense witness was psychologist Robert Geffner, who said that DeMart's borderline diagnosis was not appropriate and that all tests taken by area sensor arrest pointed toward an anxiety disorder stemming from trauma. So <laughs> nobody can agree about anything. Nobody knows what's wrong with her. But, like, since her arrest, like, that's the thing, an anxiety disorder stemming from trauma. Mm-hmm. The trauma of losing her mind and killing someone. And then getting and caught. And then being, yeah. For it, yeah. Getting <laughs> caught, being afraid she's going to get caught, the anxiety of trying to get out of it. That's too sound of logic, I'm afraid. It's pretty traumatic. I mean, based on my I'd anthropology degree, that's my psychological <laughs> diagnosis. <laughs> I would be anxious. That's my personal opinion. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he also said that tests indicated that she answered questions honestly without lying. Following his testimony, the state called Jill Hayes, an additional neuropsychologist, the fifth one now, who disputed Geffner's testimony, <laughs> big surprise, uh-huh. that the MMPI test was not geared towards diagnosing borderline personality nor anxiety disorders, concluding a long day in court. What's an <laughs> NNPI test? The MMPI test is the Minnesota Multifacet Personality Inventory. It is a psychological test that assesses personality traits and psychopathology. It's primarily intended to test people who are suspected of having mental health or other clinical issues and how they respond to actions of such. Cool, thank you. Cool, thanks, Google. Uh, this turned out to be a common theme for the rest of the trial, as it took until May 7th of 2013 to finally find Arius guilty of first-degree murder. After that's about five years Jesus. of deliberation. Of psychologists after psychologists <laughs> giving you different diagnoses. Yeah. And this lengthy guilt phase caused retention of jurors to be difficult as one was dismissed for misconduct, another for health reasons, and a third for actually getting a DUI. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the prosecution would push for Arias to receive the death penalty due to the nature of the murder. However, this was met with sev- uh, several mistrials. And finished on a deadlock jury with a final vote of 11 to 1 huh. on March 5th of 2015. So one so, person didn't want her to get the death penalty or one person yeah, did? One one person voted okay. against Jody Arias. So th- she got a guilty verdict, but then in the sentencing, they had the mistrials and stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my brain's not working very well. So no, that's okay. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like the level of whoever our dumbest listener is, if there is one. I mean, our dumbest listener might be smarter than I am right now. <laughs> Knows, Our but... dumbest listener is definitely me. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> um, at, at this point, Jody's trial had cost a little over $3 million and spanned almost seven God, years. That's so, like, for some waste. For something where she had, like, evidence of the murder on her property for it to take that long and cost that much money. I feel like the death penalty is ridiculous anyway. Like, she's guilty, so lock her up forever. Let her live with what she had to, like, she did she, for the rest of her she life. She asked the for it. For the death penalty? She asked for the yeah, death no, penalty. Yeah, no, and that makes it even better. Like, I no, don't you wanna, don't get to have the death penalty. But I don't want to pay to feed her. I yeah. just rather kill her and be done with it, I honestly. Know, wait a second, like, something, but, like, I'm innocent, so please kill me? Well, like, at a certain point, she started to say, like, uh, the jury's never going to commit me because I'm just going to commit suicide. And it's like, give me the death penalty, but I'm also innocent. And then she gets this all of a sudden, like, bright idea. Oh, I'm going to stop causing my family distress, so just give me the uh, life sentencing. And That's weird. <laughs> she's fucking yeah, insane. She's yeah. Well, she was, was she in prison the whole time that yeah, she, was she was going in jail. the trial? Yeah, she was in jail the whole time. So, because some people get out on bail, and so it could yeah. be like a five-year court process but to get like them, out, but they're like out and free. But yeah. if she's locked up, she's already suffering imprisonment. I could see getting to that point where well, you're just, just like, like, just kill me yeah. if you can't handle it, you know? Prison's I guess, gotta be but pretty like, horrible. I guess, but like, if you re- truly think you're innocent... Why would you're you gonna, beg for the death You're going exactly. to try to get appeals. You're yeah. going to, like, whether you, you're going to try to continue to fight it. You're not just, 
I would think. I don't know. Unless, I mean, if you have a mental health disorder, you might give up just like people do in life. <laughs> when my need for justice would probably prevail over my depression, just be like, you're wrong. We need, <laughs> we need justice. We need the truth. <laughs> well, and I don't think I could live with people believing that I yeah. did something I didn't do, which if I committed suicide or something like that, then it's all open to interpretation. You know, it's almost and, like you're admitting guilt. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that would be part of it for me is yeah, I'd have to that. keep fighting. They say about like, you know, what motivates people. I firmly believe that spite is one of the greatest <laughs> motivators. Yes. It's the only reason Loki is That's the only alive. reason I'm still kicking it. Is I'm like, I gotta my... show all you fuckers up. <laughs> <laughs> to shit on my floor, man. Yeah. That's spite. That's the only reason Loki's still kicking. Well, um, on April 13th of 2015, Jody was sentenced to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. The lone juror who spared her life, known commonly as just juror number 17 received death threats oh my god needed a posted police force to watch her house for trespassers due to her personal info address social medias all being leaked online That's so fucked up. Yeah. and juror 17 went trending on twitter for weeks at wow it is so messed up people are entitled to their own beliefs and yeah. opinions and, and they're Lots of people who do not believe in the death penalty. Not me. And that's fine. You know, that's why we vote. Remember we were like talking I about say, that before? That's why we vote. So we yeah. can just vote like, and get over it and not hate each other. Do we want to pay for them to eat in prison if they're fucking suffering? The moment you die, the suffering's gone. I want to know why <laughs> I she want was Jody leaked. Arias to suffer for the rest of her life. <laughs> so, and I would put my life on the line love, if that's what it but took. But I mean, I want to <laughs> know why she was leaked as the one who didn't vote for the death penalty. That's supposed to be like anonymous, anonymous right? Yeah, so info... That had to have been somebody... No, in like the, the entire yeah, the entire jury that was just like pissed that was, they didn't agree or something. Yeah, no, she. I guess they were saying that she was just kind of flippant and stubborn from the start. Yeah, and was uh, already decided coming into it. But then at the same time, it's like it, it's still a jury. Yeah, like, you still, you still have, have, to... have to remain anonymous. Right, yeah. then... And she can be already decided because if her beliefs do not align with the death penalty, of course she's going to be pre decided before yeah. she even goes into it. Whether you agree with her opinion or not, you still have an obligation to uphold the law. Well, yeah, which she is still that has you... the right to her voice. Yeah. Like, that's the whole yeah. reason when and they bring safety. people onto a jury is to weigh in with the people. And if that's what she, as part of the people, believes, that's her right as an American mm-hmm. to believe that way. Yeah. Whether mm-hmm. you agree or not. Like, yeah, exactly. And at this point, like, she's already guilty. She's already being charged with, at the very most minimum, like, life in prison. Yeah. It's not like she's walking. <laughs> <laughs> streets and she's not paying yeah. for her crime. It's not like this was a juror who was vo- who was like, no, she's, she's not innocent. guilty. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's... even if she was a juror who was no, she's not guilty, that's still that juror. Right right. To yeah. her opinion. This, yeah, this was stupid. just Honestly. <laughs> this became such like a media yeah. hyped yeah. In- incident. And I think what kind of lent to juror seventeen being so disliked is that she just kind of had a shit personality, too, in interviews. Yeah. And, like, you know, people online are just going to be like, well, fuck her. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're right. <laughs> so, I hate right. the internet. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's all I kind of, so caustic. I kind of, like, do you guys remember that show, what was it, like, Revolution, where some, like, giant thing goes and it shuts down everything electrical in the entire world or whatever? So it's, like, back to the... 1800 or kind of life like i kind of wish for that because then we wouldn't have facebook or twitter and all the people being yeah. assholes and fucking or if westworld was real and we could just go to no, the I west still haven't watched that as of 2016 arius is being held at the arizona state prison complex in perryville and was placed in maximum security with a potential to be downgraded to medium and uh She's only like 40 at this point, I think. Yeah, so, but she's spending the rest of her life in jail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Have they done any more like psychological evaluations on her? I'm just curious. Like, there I think that she's like bipolar something. or, yeah, there's something. There were a couple of appeals that were trying to be brought up um, of like how the jury didn't contain enough females or like people of color, but that was denied mm-hmm. by the judge. And then a lot of the charges were upheld later. Yeah. Um, at one point, like her defense attorneys just kind of gave up on her because she kept giving 
different stories. It's hard to defend accounts. somebody who's just obviously lying. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that's pretty much the end of the story. I got a couple of little like fun bits if you yeah. guys were interested at all. But... Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, according to court records, during the brief relationship, the two exchanged over 82,000 emails alone. Dang. Wow. <laughs> and were meeting up in California almost weekly. So uh, he was going to California? Uh, yeah. So the two were just, like, meeting up at his friends, like, all the time. Which is also, if, yeah. if you're best friends with somebody, you're going to be, are you going to allow their girlfriend to come over to your house? That's kind of weird. It would be kind of that a weird often. position that I'm sure the friend was yeah. like really not happy about being put in that position. I don't know. I mean, think about your current situation. Like, I mean, yeah, but that's like that's roommates. He I wasn't he... living with him though. That was that was just like oh, that was just, just friends. Friend. It's it wasn't like, his house. It was sorry, I mis- I misunderstood because I was gonna say there's been some things I've heard about some girls that you guys don't like coming to your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's no longer an issue. <laughs> good. No, good. but that'd be like me going next door and be like, hey, bud, mind if I use your okay. uh, guest bedroom? Okay. <laughs> I wonder if it's because his roommates were, well, like, why wasn't he just using his place? Or right. his roommates were probably like, she's that fucking She's crazy, fucking bad dude. shit, dude. Get her out. Or they yeah. were probably just obscenely loud. Uh, that could be too. Maybe they wanted and, an empty place. And the random friend didn't care. Um, the autopsy report examined... So this is all the locations of the uh, knife wounds. Okay. Uh, two sharp force injuries, right and left posteri- posterior scalp. Yeah. One stab wound just below the right ear. One wound on the upper left forehead. One Ooh. at the upper right neck. One lower left neck. One posterior left neck. A cluster of nine stab wounds to the right and left sides of the upper back. One to the right middle midline neck base. One in the upper left chest. One in the the right chest was the one that also severed the artery to the cardiac base and broke the third and fourth ribs. Jesus. Which that's... Okay, was she on something? (laughs) Right. Because that's some serious strength that even rage seems unlikely to have been making her that strong. The human body doesn't... Intense things sometimes. It does. When you got emotion yeah. invested, the rage, just fear, pure yeah. adrenaline. Like, <laughs> it does, but that still seems excessive, seems excessive to me. But like, I mean, it could be, but it just seems. And kind of tacking on to your like defensive wounds earlier, there was uh, stab wounds on the right thumb, one on the left palm, one between the left thumb and index, and one on the inner joint so of the left thumb. He had his hands up. He, he had his hands up. This. But he was attacking her, and she was just defending herself from a domestic violence situation. Before he got all of, like, nine inches of steel plunged into his heart. (laughs) I mean, it almost sounds like, if he had those defensive wounds, it almost sounds like she came at him from the front and got the one in the chest, and he turned away from her because he's, like, bleeding out now. And she continued to stab him And she continued to stab him in the back because he had the stab... the the head. The back of the head, right? You said the posterior, so they were the back of the head. The side of the neck could have been from behind, all those stab wounds in the back, so it's almost... Yeah. I got too far away from the mic, sorry. No, it's okay. (laughs) But, so it's almost like she went at him, he defended, she got him bad enough that he turned around and maybe even fell, Mm -hmm. and then she kept going. Yeah. And then she rolled him over to shoot him in the head and slit his throat. Yeah. Crazy. This is probably really it's bad all for wild. the podcast. But it's all wild speculation. Pictures. Sorry. All wild speculation. But that's what I picture in my head as the reenactment that would be on TV. <laughs> so I could show off the pictures. So there's the very last one where he's looking at the, at the camera and there's almost this look of fear or worry on his face. Like at that moment he realized what she was going to do. And it was between that picture and then the one yeah. of his dead body that she killed yeah. him. It's like and she it's had the knife. Picture. It's like she had the knife behind her back and snapped or a picture like, or something. Gonna, yeah. So that's the 52920 yeah, picture? Yeah, he doesn't look. And it looks kind of like a glamour yeah. shot. And he could just be trying to pose for the camera. But he's got a look in his eye. look in his and eye. Then, yeah. literally the minute later you see this. <laughs> yeah, there's a look in his eyes that just... Makes me think that he that in that moment he was made aware that, that she was gonna do something horrible. Yeah, 
And that was because I listened to another podcast. I'm going to mention it again. True Crime Garage. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Captain and Colonel, you are the best. <laughs> um, but that's one thing that they had talked about, too. Just the look in his eyes. It's very haunting. Yeah. And even if it is just him posing for the camera, there's a haunting aspect to it that that is like literally right before he died. Mm-hmm. So he was either completely unaware of what was going to happen and hamming it up for the camera. But I personally think I see like some awareness of like. Mm-hmm. It's Shit. almost oh fuck. Like kind of what I saw was almost like he like turned around to pose and then it's as like he did that, that saw something and so it's like half pose, half realization that like it was And he almost looks like, defeated, like he's given up already. When mm-hmm. I got Hannah in that picture of Hannah in the Starbucks drive through <laughs> in that moment between which she was like, Somebody's taking a picture of me and oh that's somebody's bell. Like <laughs> Yeah, before like I'm gonna kick your fucking ass to Oh hey Bell. Yeah. <laughs> it was like in that exact second. Is there anything else that you wanted to add to the story, Derek? Oh no that that was uh, that was it. Yeah, it was a good story. Mm-hmm. It was a really good story. So glad you were a guest, Derek. Yeah, me too. Oh, I remembered what I was gonna say though. What? Go ahead. If shit doesn't happen out of this, up until I move out, anytime one of my neighbors makes noise, <laughs> no, I'm calling the leasing office and I'm gonna be like, oh, my neighbors next door were making a lot of noise. Did you know? What because you if that's do? all that it fucking takes to get a goddamn noise complaint, I could have every single one of my fucking neighbors evicted by the end of the month. I guarantee dude, it, dude. Just start doing like magazine cutout letters that <laughs> and slide it under their door and just be like, I heard you last night. <laughs> I heard what you did last night. Mm. Do it. <laughs> Do you hear this noise? It's loud. It's loud. Yeah. Like I'm about to, if that's all it takes. <laughs> All right. Well, we know what okay. sucks. Yeah, we, we know, know what, what sucks, sucks. But now, <laughs> but I don't know if people know things what? that don't suck. Things, things that, that don't, don't suck. suck. Oh, we Aww. did it together. We did it poorly. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> things that don't suck. Things that don't. I thought we were doing harmony. Oh, I thought. Three times the charm. This is gonna let you do it. Sorry. Things that don't suck. Things that don't suck. Let's just do things that don't suck. Things that don't suck. Because that sucked. Well I executed, think. I thought. I'll, I'll start. <laughs> okay. What doesn't suck is that when I fell, I didn't hit my head. Yay! So I was really convinced Yeah, we that all were did. like, oh, God. Just so, yay! My head didn't even touch the ground. That's good. Your glasses didn't break. Nope. Your phone didn't break. Nope. nope. That's good. Just your I, elbow. You know that weird, the leftover, the leftover pad tie I had in my purse? Didn't spill Didn't anywhere. Spill. Oh. <laughs> nope, that was pretty lucky. Very clean break. But I'm bumped. But I'm. All right. Well, I'm glad you didn't hit your head. Me I was too. worried about you. Who else? I guess my thing that doesn't suck is, uh, well, we before Jesse broke her elbow yesterday, <laughs> when we went to the witches and wizards mystery clued up hunt, whatever it was, that was pretty fun. I had a good time. It we got all fun. dressed up. And we walked around downtown Denver and got to find clues and stuff. And our name was amazing, which is in in hose. We were in pantyhose. Yep. And we were witches. witches. I was a witch doctor. Mom was a witch doctor. I loved it. I was channeling my my favorite costume I've ever done, I think. Witch from the craft. Yep. The craft witch. I was a frequent flyer and they had to cut my sweatshirt off. (laughs) That did suck. So, what about you, Dee? Well, um, we got a cold front in that's causing snow, so hopefully the half a million acres that have been burning Mm. are kind of getting contained with this. I don't know. This is just all speculation, but I hope. I hope that this is cold. Me too. A little bit of moisture. But also on a more positive note, because that's kind of a thing that kind of doesn't suck. It's it's COVID, but there's sports, and I enjoy... (laughs) I enjoy that we're able to be responsible enough to do that, and still I get to watch that with my family. Yeah. And that's that's good enough for me. That doesn't Woo-hoo! suck. Yay. I agree. Well, my thing that doesn't suck is Derek being on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Over a year. Yeah. We wanted to have Derek as a guest, and I hope you come back. I yes. thought you did a great job, and I love story. story. 
It was a lot I, of fun. I would like to be back. Yeah. In a listening room. <laughs> uh, we'll do it again. <laughs> so, everybody, I hope you enjoyed our bonus episode. I yeah. hope you all had a nice Halloween because this should be coming out right, right after. after. Spooky time. Uh, full moon. Enjo- I hope you enjoyed your full moon. Hope you enjoyed your Halloween. If you guys mm-hmm. want to send us a comment, please uh, reach out to us on Facebook. Um, we are Effed Up Family Storytime. You can also reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram. We have a Pinterest with like two posts on it if you're interested. And if you're that <laughs> kind of guy that wants to just list- look at Pinterest and nothing else. Um <laughs> I haven't gotten any requests yet for a business card, but they're still available. If you would like me to mail you a business card, email us your address. I'd be happy to send you one. Tell us us who you'd like to sign it. Even Derek could sign one for you. Derek could sign it. Um, FFS the podcast at gmail.com. That's right. And don't forget if you like what you're here, or even if you don't, review us, please. Tell us what we're doing good, what we're not doing good. We need valoration. Yes. So, <laughs> hope y'all enjoyed our podcast. Yay. Ready to say goodbye? The Quaker was a mover and a shaker, exile from the home that she loved. She refused to. So they hung her from the branches up above. Yes, they hung her from the branches up above. So if you want to live.